I invite you to share in a body blessing. As we proceed, you're going to be asked to place your hands on different parts of your body, on your forehead or someplace else. Please only do what's comfortable for you and what will help you focus your attention to where it needs to be. So let's start by taking a few quiet, deep breaths in and out, focusing our attention on being here together right now. Place your hands on your forehead and close your eyes and listen. May you be blessed with wisdom, knowledge and understanding. May your intellect take you far on your journey. You have been blessed with reason and free will. It is your call every day to use these gifts. Now move your hands to your throat. Breathe in and out. May you be blessed with voice. May you learn when to speak out and when to be silent. May you learn the complex and gentle nature of truth-telling. The ability to speak the truth in love requires honesty, empathy, and care. You are challenged every day to seek the joy that comes with sharing your truth compassionately. I invite you to move your hands to your ears and pause for a moment. May you be blessed with listening and hearing. May you know when to let words and music enter. May you discern what to tune out and what to tune in. May you learn the joy of listening deeply to others. Place your hands on your heart. May your heart be filled with love and blessed with love. May you know the agony of heartbreak as it is intertwined with the elation of our lives. Your heart is strong. It's a resilient organ, one that will be with you until the end of time. May you heed the wisdom of your heart and always trust the truth that it tells. Now move your hands to your lungs. May you know the release and the relief of breathing. Maybe you be, may you be able to expire toxins and harms. May you be able to inspire renewing and vitalizing air. And now clasp your hands together. From birth, you grasped the finger of your loved ones. You catch yourself with your hands when you fall and you express love and comfort for others with your hands. May your hands be gentle and strong. May you use them to carry light into the darkness and rest to the weary. 
May your hands always find the place of greatest need, beginning with your own. And may the creator of all things hold you in the palm of her hand wherever you go. And now wrap your arms around you in a big body hug. May you be blessed on your life journey. May you remember that growth happens on the journey and that you are never alone. May you always remember that you are a whole person. May you know that you are enough, just as you are, that you do not need to be perfect. You can drop your arms now. I offer my blessing to you, to your body, your mind, your spirit, and all that you entail. May you be guided by compassion, by truth, by justice, and by love. May you find rest on the journey, always remembering there's a community who watches and listens and supports you. May you be blessed in all things and carry blessings with you wherever you go. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about perfection. I just got back from a, a week's vacation or staycation, as some of us call it. And it hit me over and over again during the week how um, exhausted I was and how much of it was tied up for, with the last two months of striving to get our services perfect and to get everything in our community perfect. And it made me dwell on the failure of perfectionism. So I thought I would talk about this for a number of different reasons, not just because of my own personal experience with this, but we live in Kirkland, Washington, which is part of the sort of the Silicon Valley environment, which also puts us in a place of incredibly high pressure for people who work in these tech industries for perfectionism. And it increases the pressure on everyone in the community we live in. Not only that, but we're now living in the COVID-19 times. And there is an incredible stress from all the ways that we have had to change and adapt. None of our jobs are the same as they used to be. And none of the things we expect of ourselves are what they used to be. That increases our desire to try and get things perfect and get them right. And perfectionism is a religious issue, if you think about it. If you take it all the way back, perfectionism started probably with the story, of the biblical story of Adam and Eve, with, because Adam and Eve were not perfect. They were cast out of the Garden of Eden in shame. And it's one of the roots that we've always had to struggle with, with white Christianity. And we live in a culture. We live in a culture that assumes that perfectionism is something we all need to be striving for, that it's something that's an ideal. How many times do you get those messages on a daily basis? Practice makes perfect. My father used to say to me, don't do it at all if you're not gonna do it right. There is this constant need to do this perfect job. So there's a high spiritual cost to the striving for perfectionism. I actually tried to, um, I like to, in, in, in my sermons, I like to have all sorts of stories in order for you to relate to what I'm talking about. 
Um, and as I thought about the failure of um, perfection, I thought, oh my gosh, that's a good story. I'm going to tell them that story. And oh my gosh, that's a good story. And I'm going to tell them that story. And oh my gosh, that's a story I'm not going to tell them because I'm still so embarrassed about it that I'm actually not going to share some of these stories because they're a little too vulnerable. I thought of at least a dozen stories I could tell you about my failure. And I could not think of one story to tell you about a time I've done something perfectly, that I've gotten it right the way I wanted it to be. Back in 2013, I was still in a, my congregation in Prescott, Arizona, the Granite Peak UU congregation. And every year they have a dinner. It's called the Albert Lovejoy Social Justice Dinner. Um, and they use this opportunity to honor someone in the local community who they feel has really advanced the cause of social justice. So in 2013, they chose me to be the recipient of the social, uh, the Albert Lovejoy Social Justice Award. And I know that I should have been grateful, but instead I was, I felt this deep humiliation by it. Because to me, it pointed out the things that I had not done. So they invited William Schultz to come and give the award and be the featured speaker at this dinner. And I don't know if any of you know William Schultz, Bill Schultz. He was once the president of the UU Association. He was president of Amnesty International for many years. And in the position that he came out to um, honor me, he was the president of the UU Service Committee. So I was also very embarrassed that someone that important had come out to, to do an honoring dinner with me. And I was sitting next to him at this long table before he got up to speak. And I turned to him and I said, Bill, I, this is, I feel terrible. I feel so humiliated about getting this award because I have not done what I need to do. The work that I have aspired to do in this community it, all this points out is that I did not have what it takes to get the work done. And the things that I was trying to achieve have fallen way short. And I need to know, Bill, could you tell me what I need to do next? What can I do in order to get this right, in order to do the work that I, I envision in this world? How can I achieve that fully? And Bill looked at me and he said, what you really need to do, Nancy, is to get into counseling. So his message to me, which seemed flippant at the time, was really about the fact that I'm not going to ever get it right. And none of us are ever going to get this right. We can give things our all, but in a culture that has this high ideal for perfectionism, we know that we are always falling short of that ideal that we had in our hearts and in our minds. What he was saying in many ways is that, like in the puppet show, I was both the man and the tiger. I was the man saying to myself, you're not good enough. You're not going to get it right. You're not beautiful. You're not strong. And I was the tiger listening to that message coming at me. And it deflated my sense of power and my control and my sense of value. So Brene Brown, I'm sure many of you have heard of her, um, has, has, she is a researcher and she has been focusing for many years 
researching shame, fear, and vulnerability. I'm going to turn this light on and off. I don't know why this, um, my screen keeps going dark. Anyway, um, so she has ended up writing a number of books, and she's got some TED Talks, which are some of the most popular TED Talks that um, have ever been screened. And she wrote a book called The Gifts of Imperfection, and the subtitle is Let Go of Who You Think You're Supposed to Be and Embrace Who You Are. So that's a very foreign concept for me, and it might be for some of you, but the idea of letting go of who I think I'm supposed to be is not a message I ever got from my family or from the church that I went to or schools that I attended. It was always more about striving, striving and striving. There is a cost to imperfection that all of us feel. The first thing is that it's, it becomes a very negative focus when we focus on perfectionism because it makes us very vulnerable. Because we live in this situation where perfection, perfectionism, it's a binary system, perfect or failure. And since we're never gonna be perfect, what we often are stuck in is this place of feeling like we have failed. And that leads to these feelings of shame this feeling of vulnerability. It creates this sense of this stat of um, status anxiety that we experience in the world. The other problem with looking for perfectionism, it really generates this inward focus that if I do something wrong, like to one of you, instead of thinking of the harm I've done you, I get so stuck in my sense of guilt and the shame and again, the work becomes about me. The focus comes on me, not on you, who I need to have a healing relationship with. So it creates this internal focus that is not healthy. Perfectionism is unattainable. We know that we can never be perfect. And so it, all, it creates the sense in ourselves that we are never going to be good enough. And like Tiger in our puppet show, we're never going to be strong enough or beautiful enough if we focus on perfectionism, which is unattainable. And lastly, one of the big costs of imperfection um, comes in the sense of how we treat others. Pima Chodron, who is a, a Buddhist monk, talks about this, that we often, when we're striving for perfection and we realize that we're imperfect, we start to, we fall into a sense of blaming other people for the situation, we become judgmental of other people. And finally, one of the biggest losses that we have is we tend to disconnect from other people. It's too painful for us to stay in relationship because of that sense of failure and guilt that we experience. So the antidote, what is the antidote to this striving for perfectionism? Brene Brown calls it moving into wholeheartedness. And I'm gonna read a quote from her book that I just showed you. She said, wholehearted living is about engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. And it's going to bed at night thinking, yes, I am imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid, 
But that doesn't change the truth that I am also brave and worthy of love and belonging. Can you imagine, could you imagine a daily practice of the three C's as she calls them? Courage, compassion, and connectivity. Courage, not in the sense of being a hero and going out and conquering the world, but the courage to every day, at least for a moment or two, pay attention to those, those terrible feelings that we feel, that vulnerability or that deep discomfort that comes across us as we recognize that we have failed once again. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to actually identify those feelings and sit with them for a minute. And the second C is about compassion. It's about being able to look at someone else and say, I know how you're feeling because I feel the same way too. I know that I am not getting it all right. And I have compassion for you because I know how that feels. And the third one is about connectivity. It's about being able to move into relationship and say, despite my failure, despite your failure, we belong to each other. We're going to do this together. And I'll be here to support you as you are here to support me. A daily practice, having that courage, having that compassion, and having that connectivity. Imagine, imagine if you can that daily practice. Imagine being fully alive and fully embracing your whole self and the people around you. Saying to yourself every day, I am imperfect, I am vulnerable, I'm afraid, but I am worthy and I am brave and I am loving. That's my challenge to you this week. Go in peace, amen.